0: Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ. And you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Today and next week, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us conquer the spirits of worry, anxiety, fear, depression. And I call them spirits because they truly are. You can feel worry. You can see worry. You can see depression. You can sense anxiety. Isn't this true? When you look at a person's face, you can see when there's worry on them, there's anxiety. You can see when they're carrying a weight that they're not created to carry. Jesus says, come to me. All you who labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to conquer these things in our lives. Because these things should not conquer us. We should conquer them. Amen? Amen? You know, every second of worry steals away a moment of life. Every second of worry steals away a moment of life. And if you think about this, the enemy, the devil, who is just as real as God... He hates life because life is given to you by God. You are here because God has given you the gift of life. And the enemy will use whatever he can to steal that away from us. The enemy hates life. If the devil can steal your minutes with worry, he'll steal your hours. Then he'll steal your days. And then he'll steal your weeks. He'll steal your years with worry, with anxiety, with depression. But Jesus has come to give us life. And the Bible says, not just life, but life more abundantly. We're called to live a life that's abundant. A demonstration that God is good. You know, we're, we're, we're in the Christmas season. And we, we read the Christmas story and in the book of Isaiah. We see that that the angels appear to the shepherds at night in a dark night. Jesus comes, the angels come when it's dark. And the Bible says is a powerful truth. Not only did they come to declare that Jesus, the Messiah, the one who is promised, would come to the earth, but the angels gave us, you and me, a promise and made a declaration that is so powerful that I think sometimes we miss. And we read in the book of Luke 2:14. The angels declare glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, get this, peace. And on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Is God's favor upon us. Is God's favor upon you? If you have Christ in your life, the Holy Spirit in your life, these angels have made a declaration over you peace is ours. Favor is ours. Say that this morning peace is mine. Favor is mine. Not because you've earned it, but because God has declared it. Jesus left this command. And I call it a command because it's not a suggestion. These words aren't a suggestion from Jesus. These are a command from Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can everyone say amen to that? Amen? You know, 75 to 95% of all doctor's visits, believe it or not, are connected to anxiety. Most diseases are psychosomatic, which means a creation of your mind, your emotions, Not truly physical, like when you catch a virus or a germ. In the year 2000, about 5 million people were on antidepressants. But now about 35 million people are on antidepressant medications. Now look at this. What's the cause? What is the cause? Well, number one, I believe pharmaceuticals are pushing drugs on us. You know, you go to a doctor, I went to a doc not t- too long ago and had uh, some shoulder pain. And the first thing he asked, hey, hey you know, it, it, my shoulder's bothering me. So, um, Ron, are you sad? <laughs> um, doc, did you hear my shoulder's bothering bother me? Oh, oh, why are you here? Oh, my shoulder, it's bothering me. So, so how's your moods? <laughs> doc, you're changing your, my mood as we're going. The more you talk, you are changing my mood. I was happy when I came in here. Are you trying to get me depressed so you can give me some drugs? You know, it's amazing. That's the first thing they ask. So I do believe that there's a push of this kind of stuff. But also, we look at society, we see tremendous brokenness, right? Tremendous confusion. Brokenness in families, brokenness in homes, brokenness in marriages, it's what Jesus came to save us from, right? But I also believe that man, we are running to man for the solutions to our problems, where it's a spiritual problem. Mankind has always been faced with the spiritual problem. That's the good news. That's what Christmas is all about. That God comes into darkness. He breaks the darkness off of us. And he brings his marvelous light. Amen? God is good. God is good. So drugs cannot cure a spiritual problem. Not that drugs are bad. But only Jesus can fix the spiritual part of us. I don't know if you guys ever listened to Coldplay. But they have an amazing song that they wrote called Fix You was written by the lead singer Chris Martin and, and some of the guys in the band. And Chris Martin was, was married to the actress Gwyneth uh, Paltrow. And I just want to read the words of this song. And it was written by him to console her because her, her dad had passed away and she was suffering deep depression because of that. She couldn't shake it. And these are the words. When you try your best but you don't succeed. You know the song? You want me to sing it? No, I'm okay. I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) When you get what you want, but not what you need. When you feel so tired, but you can't sleep. Stuck in reverse. And the tears come streaming down your face. When you lose something, you can't replace. When you love someone, but it goes to waste. Could it be worse? And then, you know. Lights will drive you home, right? And ignite your bones. And I will try to fix you. And he's writing this to her. And I thought of these words. I'm saying, he can't fix anybody. We can't fix anybody. It's interesting. He writes this song. And not that much time afterwards, they get divorced. Chris. You can't fix anybody. No one can fix anybody. We need Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's the good news. And so when we read these statistics, the good news is you and I, as people who have Christ in us, the Holy Spirit, we don't have to fall under these stats. Jesus writes our stats. Jesus wants to write your stats. Amen? And let me tell you what Jesus says, Deuteronomy. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you, saying, destroy them. Worry, destroy it. Anxiety, destroy it. Depression, destroy it. Addiction, destroy it. Brokenness, destroy it. Sin, destroy it. God walks with you. He's with you. We've got to get this. God is with you. He's for you. He wants to help you. We'll call on everybody. We'll call on songs. Just write me a song. That'll heal me. Let me listen to this song. That'll help me, you know. Let me go to this bar. That will help me. Let me just go hang out with my friends. They'll definitely fix me. Uh Uh-uh. But Jesus will fight for you. In John sixteen thirty three, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world. <laughs> I love having someone in my life who lives with me, who walks with me, who knows everything that's happening with me, and I hear his voice when I forget it. Don't worry. I got this. I've overcome the world. Remember what I did? You know? Remember the, the tombstone that moved? Remember they thought they were going to get rid of me? They crucified me, get rid of this Jesus guy. He's gone forever. You remember what happened after that? Do you remember the third day? Do you remember the third day? Come on, do you remember these things? And he'll provide for those who grieve in Zion. Zion is, is a, a picture of the church. He'll provide for us as believers. When we grieve, he'll provide. And listen what he provides. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. People want to know, hey, why aren't you beaten down, dung cast, you know, depressed year after year? Why are these situations not destroying you? Because God wants to use me as a testimony to display his splendor. I have a God who's for me. I have a God who walks with me. I have a God who's destroyed those things. And so when they come against me, I, I can't deal with this stuff. I turn to him. He comes and goes. What's coming against you? Let me tell you, God has big feet. You think you have big feet. But you know, let me tell you what our problem is. Our problem is, we, we have a butt problem, okay? It's not what you think. <laughs> okay. We might have that too. We might have that problem too. But we have a butt problem. See, I have to figure out a reason that it's okay for me to worry. It's okay for me me to be in anxiety. It's okay for me to be depressed. I have a butt problem. Bad News Beatrice would say, But Jesus, but Jesus, you have no clue what I go through. Worry Wart Willie would say, Easy for you, Jesus. Yeah, your dad is God. If I had a dad like you, The Lord would say, knock, is anyone home? Negative Nelly would say, Jesus, did you know 600 Americans die every year from falling out of bed? (laughs) True statistic. (laughs) Jesus, did you know 6,000 people die every year getting hit by lightning? Jesus, do you know these things? Do you know Jesus in 2015? Eight people, eight people got eaten by sharks. Jesus, do you know these things? You have no clue, Jesus. But, 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 I have to worry. But, I have to be in anxiety. But, I have to be depressed. But, 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 you know what I love about Jesus? When you read Jesus in the scriptures, I fell in love with Jesus. He always asks, like when you try to come up with stuff, the Holy Spirit will always ask you a question, just like Jesus. Jesus always asked questions. Jesus would say, okay, Nellie. He wouldn't call her negative Nellie, because he's so kind, right? <laughs> He'd say, Nellie, did you know, Nellie, that 250 people have died taking selfies since 2011? But, Nellie, the good news is the majority of these people were men, living in India. So you're good! Nelly, you're good! You're good! You're good! This is a true statistic. I'm giving you actual factual statistics. I'm teaching you today something. You're gonna leave the church and say, what did you learn in church today? I learned that that Indian people die of selfies. (laughs) But you know, we have to stop making excuses. Are you, come on, are you ready for breakthrough this morning? Are you ready to conquer fear, conquer worry, conquer depression? You know, my oldest son, you know, my kids hate it when I talk about them. My wife, too. But I have some great stories, so I have to share it with you. But my oldest son, he had a blanket. And, and when that blanket started, when we gave him the blanket, it was at least five feet long. Five by four. Okay? Okay. But that was the biggest mistake that we made. We gave him a blanket because we could not get that blanket out of his hands. He would go to sleep with that blanket. He would drag that blanket around. He would have his thumb in his mouth with the blanket, you know. And that blanket stunk to high heavens. And the problem is we couldn't get it from him to wash it, you know. And every once in a while, I don't. My wife did a miracle thing. She would somehow get it from him while he's sleeping. You know, in the middle of the night, 3 in the morning, she'd have to get up and go wash the blanket, you know. But at the end of his life, you know, he's, 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 he's about 30 years old now, 31. Uh, he doesn't have the blanket anymore. But, but we have that blanket in the attic, and I think it's about 3 inches. That's how big. And I was thinking about this, that we cannot allow worry and anxiety and depression become our cozy blanket. It's just the way I am. This is just the way I'm built, you know. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the, in the Word of God that sets us free and gives us faith to believe better for our lives, you know. And I'm not saying that you, you, there's, there's no need to worry at times. I'm not saying that, you know, some people just don't worry. You know, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. You know, every Sunday I preach to myself first, okay? Because the Word of God is is the truth, all right? That's for me too. But you know, if if you're on a railroad track and you're hearing, you know, a train coming, you're feeling a rumbling. That's a good reason to worry. That's a great reason to worry, okay? If you 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 cracked your head open and you're bleeding, you don't say, "Oh, I'm not going to worry." I have faith you better get to the hospital and get some stitches, you know? If you smell smoke, you know, and the food's going up in smoke again on the stove, there's need to worry because there's no dinner that night, okay? There's no dinner that night. But there's reasons to worry. But, But write this down. Worry, anxiety, and depression should only be roads that bring you to a better place. You are not supposed to get stuck on the road. They had to bring you to a better place. You know, I think of of King David, one of my favorite Bible characters because he was a worshiper. King David went through hell. You know, he made lots of mistakes, lots of imperfections in his life, you know. But the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart, that God accepted him even in all his moral failure, you know. And he had enemies that would chase him that he would have to hide in caves, you know, and the guy, when you read the Psalms, you can sense King David experienced Great Depression. But what did he do with it? He took it, and he wrote songs that we sing thousands of years later. We are singing the Psalms of David. He took what the devil wanted to destroy him with, and he brought glory to God in it. In all things, in everything, God works together for the good of those who love him. Amen? Amen. Come on, you still awake out there? Come on, let's give the Lord a praise offering for who he is this morning. You know, when David heard about what Goliath was doing, coming against God's people, a righteous indignation rose up in him. And while everyone was worried and panicked and, and under great anxiety and probably even depression because this monster, they say it was between seven to nine feet tall was challenging israel and everyone who went against him he just destroyed them just mere size you know and 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 king and king saul you know he was a tall man the bible says you know head over everyone else he was tall and and, and that's probably why the people made him a leader because uh people usually choose believe it or not even today tall people to lead them and uh and David, they say, you know, he's probably a typical size little Jewish guy, five, maybe five point five feet, five inches tall, not too big. But something rose up in him and said, This isn't right. We should not let worry, anxiety overcome us. And he rose up above all that. And what's interesting is King Saul, when he sees this. Red-headed, ruddy kid. The Bible says, you know, sees this kid saying, "I'm going to challenge this monster." Saul tries to put his worry on David. Says, "Let me put. Wait a second, David. You know, you're only a little over five feet tall. Come on, David. Let me put my garments. Let me put my my arsenal. Let me give you, okay, my armor." Let me put it on you, David. Let me put my worry on you. Let me put my fear on you. David refused. David refused to allow someone else to put their worry on him. And he stood on the power of God. What God had given him. God gave him a slingshot. God gave him a stone. And God gave him the most important thing that David knew. God gave him the Holy Spirit. Because we read, David cry out to God, God, when in David's failure, take not your Holy Spirit from me. David had confidence in the Holy Spirit of God that was with him. And we know the end of that story, right? David destroyed the giant. See, in Christ, God is our refuge, Psalm forty-six, one, two. God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help, the Bible says, in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall in the heart of the sea, we will not fear, church. We will not fear, Christians. We will walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we read the scripture where Jesus is commanding us not to worry, what is Jesus really saying? And I'm not going to get through everything today, and that's why I want you to come back next week because I want to give us some real powerful, powerful keys on how to overcome how to get what David had, how to walk in victory and not be overcome by these spirits. But what Jesus is saying, really, in present vernacular, that worrying is really a dumb, dumb thing to do. I'm not sure Jesus would use that word dumb, but basically, when you read what he says, worrying is dumb. It's dumb. And if we think about it, and we think about the things that we worry about, many times we worry about the stupidest things. Things that will never happen to us. Jesus says, Isn't life more than food? Isn't life more than your clothing? You know, we're in Christmas. You know what everyone's worried about right now? It's Christmas gifts. Everyone's worrying about Christmas gifts. Not having enough money for Christmas gifts. Buying the right Christmas gift. Trust me, you will never buy the right Christmas gift. And all the husbands said, <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> So don't worry about it. Just get a gift receipt. It works every time, right? You know, when you look at um, what happens on Black Friday, Right? I say, we are insane. (laughs) We are crazy. We are worried about all the wrong things, right? But write this down. Don't let culture put its worries, its fears, its pressures upon you. Don't let culture. I think it's tragic what's happening, what happens with, with social media today where everyone has to try to be something that they're not see you don't have to fit in with the latest commercial you don't have to fit in with what people are presenting on facebook let's be counterculture. let's join jesus culture you know what jesus had he was not let me tell you he didn't care what everyone else thought he was jesus and he said come on guys follow me leave everything you have and follow me That is so freeing, people. It is so freeing. Don't let culture put worry upon you. You know, lots of times, even in our workplaces, you're thinking, you know, if I don't do this, this, and that, if I don't go drinking with my boss, if I don't go out with the guys to this place and that place, you know, I'm going to be rejected. I'm not going to get the promotion. I'm not going to get, you know, more money. I'm not going to fit in. Let me tell you guys, don't fit in. Don't fit in, stand out. Don't fit in, stand out. Jesus says he'll give you everything you need, you know. I remember when I worked at, uh, as the vice president of a bank and, and all the top ex- executives, you know, there were some good guys and then there were some not so good guys. And, and there was a, a pressure to do this and do that. And I remember making a covenant with the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm going to have my Bible on my desk I'm going to be a Christian, and if it fails me, it fails me. I'm not going to let the pressure of ungodliness determine my future. If I don't get a promotion, I don't get a promotion. Because I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Amen? And I want to be an example. I want it to be a testimony. So that they'll see, this guy's serious about this Jesus thing. And that's exactly what happened. You know, when, when people needed prayer, I remember the chairman of the board of one of the banks I worked for came by and says, hey, when I'm pray- hey I know you're, you're a praying man, you're a believing man, will you pray for this? Will you pray for this? And I said, you know what, thank God that I didn't allow culture to put me in a box. Because culture would put, would put fear on you will put worry upon you. will put anxiety upon you. Because you've got to keep up. You've got to keep up. You've got to stay up. You've got to be doing what everyone else is doing. Don't. Reject it. Cast it out. Don't allow that to run your life. Don't allow it to run your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Don't let culture. You know, it's, it's so crazy now that, that, that even like if, if you have more than two kids... People saying, what are you doing having more than two kids? How do you afford it? How can you afford it? How do you do it? I'll tell you, when I was growing up, families had 13 kids. And I think, how did they do it? They were believing families. Because back then, let me tell you, everyone, there was faith, a lot of faith when I was growing up. You know? And uh, you know, it's amazing because average, the average family today has 3.14 people which I don't ever, I don't get, okay? (laughs) The 1.14, like, what is that? Like, is that a person without limbs? What is it? I don't get it. It What is .14? But that keeps declining, declining. Why? There's a pressure. There's a pressure. How am I going to, you know, buy a new car if I have to take care of a kid, you know? And it's so counter what God... The Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. I think... Let me tell you, you guys are doing a great job. I say it every week. Keep being fruitful and multiplying because we need Christians on the earth. Amen? And raise them in the house of the Lord. And the second thing I'm going to close here is don't let people... Don't let that invisible person in your head put fear and worry upon you. You're trying to please who? Who? Who are you trying to please? Come on, do you get what I'm saying? Because we all have that invisible person in our heads, right? We all have that invisible person in our heads. You know the, the first commandment? It says, have no other gods before me. I need to, You and I need to be pleasing to God and live rightfully before God. And that gives you such peace because your conscience bears witness that you're okay with God. You're okay with God. You might not be okay with Uncle Harry. You might not even be okay with your dad or your mom. What are you doing going to church? We go to church all the time. Who are you going to please, God or men? You please men, you're going to be loaded with worry. You're going to be loaded with fear. You're always going to be trying to please man, you know, and it will never, ever be good enough. You'll be on this tread wheel trying to please society, trying to please man, cast that thing. You know, you have to renounce these things. There'll be people in your head that you don't, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Clint, you know what I'm talking about? You're trying to please someone in your head. And it might be you're still trying to please your father. Please your Father in heaven. Renounce the power of people who are controlling your life, how you think, how you act, because you'll always be bogged down by stress, by worry, by fear. God has deliverance for you today. Amen? God has freedom for us today. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy church RI. Have a blessed week.